Before we get started, I just want to make a brief announcement about the state of the pod. We've been getting tons of amazing feedback from women, and it's become very clear to us that a lot of women are thirsty for this type of content. This is a niche in women's media that is desperately needed and has been neglected for a very long time. And we really want to be able to make more content. There's just one problem, and that's money. We would love to be able to quit our day jobs and work full-time on content creation. And the only thing holding us back is the fact that we got bills to pay, if I'm being totally honest. Long term, though, we would like to expand into other forms of media, such as video, TikTok, newsletters, ebooks, even like real physical books, and so on. And that's why we've set a new Patreon goal. As soon as we hit $10,000 monthly revenue, that will be enough for us to afford to quit our jobs and start working on growing FDS full time. And as a reward to our patrons for helping achieve this target, we will commit to posting more bonus content. So if you like FDS and you want us to grow and you want us to make more content, you can support us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. Thank you so much to everyone who listened and shared to help us to get to where we are now. And I'm sure this is a sign of even greater things to come. Thank you. So for this week's Roast to Scroat, we have a message from Jennifer. And she starts off saying, this roast to scrote is about my just dumped negative value male ex of one year. I refer to him as my ex as he is now, but at this time he was my boyfriend and we'd been planning a life together. A few background points that are important to this story. I share custody of my four-year-old and have to keep this rotating schedule in mind. When I wasn't with my son or at work, I was with my ex. Trying to plan around these schedules was very confusing and exhausting at times. I had planned a lunch with a former boss and had already canceled once because my ex was insecure about me going out to lunch with my former male boss, whose wife just died in the past year, is a former boss, and I was also offended that he was thinking I'd be cheating on him with this dude. So I ended up coordinating a lunch between me, my former male boss, and my former female boss as we all used to work together. My ex was even making me think that the male boss was going to make a move on me, which was ridiculous. So this is one of those times where I would be highly suspicious that this is the way that he operates at work because again yeah. so many so many times when men make a comment like that it's a reflection of their own behavior or their own thought process because normal people don't think oh she's going to work with her boss she's probably fucking them or that the boss is going to try to fuck her like definitely especially not in today's climate but that's how low-value men think. They think everyone's like them. They project their negative qualities onto other people. So they think, oh, well, I try to prey on women at work, so this guy's clearly going to be preying on my girlfriend at work. It's like when guys deny the existence of male violence, but then they have a daughter, and then they're, like, telling her that she needs to be care. You know, guys will tell other women, not all men, but then to their daughters, they'll say all men. Right. Kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the double speak. Yeah. Scrote double speak. Okay. Back to the story. After I solidified the plans, keeping in mind my own schedules to keep, what days I was free, what days I usually spend with my ex, etc., I realized that I had scheduled the lunch on my ex's birthday, which was a Sunday, usually my day to myself. I felt terrible, but I also knew that we'd be spending the entire weekend together. I usually go to his place after work on Friday and stay until Sunday morning, then go home and do my chores. 
Okay. We also had plans that Sunday night to celebrate his birthday. I figured he'd be okay with it, with me being out for a few hours of the day. Otherwise, I'd have to reschedule the lunch for another two weeks out. I told him about it in person, and I was feeling anxious because I thought he'd be upset, but he wasn't. Okay, that's that's See, that's always a red flag. Yeah, you shouldn't feel anxious to talk to him about, I mean, your work schedule, essentially. Yeah. I, I've, I've been in relationships like that where I knew that telling him certain things would make him fly off the handle and those relationships were always emotionally abusive. So if you have that, ladies for listening in, if you have that anxiety about telling something to your boyfriend or husband, run. That's like, a red flag. That's yeah. a red flag. Massive. There's something wrong with him. You should be able to speak honestly with a yeah. person. Without having your fight or flight reflexes going off. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, So he said it was totally fine and we had the rest of the weekend as well as our plans on Sunday night. I felt relieved that he wasn't upset at all. That's also, if you feel relief that he didn't blow up at you, that's a red flag. Yeah. In the meantime, I landed a new job, a lifetime, uh, sorry, a life-changing position. I was so happy. I signed my offer letter Friday before my ex's birthday, so that night we were going to celebrate. I told him I didn't want to feel like I was taking the spotlight from his birthday, and he said, babe, my birthday comes every year. Your new job is a big deal. Okay. Okay. I gave him Good presents. Good reaction. Good reaction, yeah. So I gave him presents and he loved all three. A frame commissioned watercolor painting of his two dogs. Girl, that is so... <laughs> is this guy your husband? Like, that's, that's a, <laughs> that first gift is like really extra. But anyways, um, a couple other thoughtful things that he really enjoyed. Overall, he was very pleased with his gifts and we spent the night drinking and celebrating and enjoying each other's company until the early hours of the morning. I just want to pull over real quick and like complain about the fact that women I find often get these really amazing thoughtful gifts for men and the man will, when it comes her birthday, he'll just get like some flowers or some chocolates or, you know, s- something that's not as, as thoughtful. So like ladies, like we spend so much effort getting gifts for guys. Yeah. It's like bullshit. Yeah. For Agreed. guys who don't even do the, for men who would not even show us the same courtesy. Anyways, the next day we spent together, but just a normal chill day. I stayed the night again, but barely slept because his little dogs kept barking in the middle of the night and jumping all over me in bed, which they usually do. Side note, he told me his dogs are too stupid to train properly. Sunday morning, after giving him a sexy birthday treat, penis shaped cookies or. I'm like, what's the sexy birthday treat? Anyways. I'm getting very confused. (laughs) (laughs) Vagina cupcakes. Yeah, I'm like, my imagination is running wild. Anyways, I don't know, like a sexy lingerie. Anyways, he left with enough time to head home to change for my lunch, make a birthday post on Instagram, and then make it to the restaurant. It was a 30-minute drive from my place, and my place was also a 30-minute drive from my ex's place. I didn't realize I had to factor in so much travel time. The lunch was nice, and my ex even went out with some friends for lunch while I was gone. I drove back to my place, quickly got changed into fancy clothes for my ex's nice birthday dinner we were going to. I arrived at his place just before we were to leave for dinner, which is about an hour away. I was gone for five or so hours longer than I had anticipated originally due to how much driving I had to do. We had a fabulous, delicious 12-course sushi dinner. 12-course sushi dinner? That sounds um, bomb. My mouth is watering. I actually could really... I'm hungry. <laughs> I could go for some sushi now. I could go for some sushi. Yeah, 100%. Sushi beast. Then went to an art exhibit afterwards. The dinner was incredible. The exhibit was okay, but still neat. By the time we got back to his place, it was well past 10 p.m. I had to work the next day, so I went home to get enough sleep. After being de- 
after being sleep deprived all weekend from drinking, making love and inconsiderate dogs, I just wanted to be alone in my own bed. The next day I get messages from my ex saying he's upset. He's sad, etc. This is nothing new. Anytime we spend a nice time together, he'd immediately spiral into loneliness and sadness when I left. That's weird. This just sounds controlling. Yeah. 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 So, so that's, I guess too, I, I looked at it like he's got some kind of emotional issue, but yeah, no, the other way to look at that is he's trying to emotionally manipulate her. When, yeah. When a guy like punishes you for not being around him, like here, I'm just reading ahead in the story. You're, it's, it gets worse. So he was upset that I quote bailed on him on his birthday. What is he talking about? They went, they had the dinner together, like they had sex the night before. That's not bailing. Like, right. Anyways, he was mad that I was gone so long. He didn't feel like we were celebrating his birthday. Sunday felt like he just took me on a nice date. Never mind the presents, the toast for me during his birthday dinner, the birthday Instagram post I made, the entire Friday night we spent t- partying together and wishing me and me wishing him a happy birthday with his dick in my mouth the morning of his birthday. Okay. That's what the sexy birthday gift was. Okay. I see. Um, He was mad that I was, quote, barely there Sunday night after our time in the city. You mean at 10 p.m. when I had to get up at 6.30 the next day for work. I think he wanted me to stay the night again, but I hadn't been in my own bed since Thursday night. He kept whining about wanting to a... (laughs) He kept whining about wanting a birthday do-over since I was... Since he was bummed I was gone for so long because I bailed on him because the sushi dinner sucked, the art exhibit was lame, and I left that night. Okay. This doesn't sound like a guy who would have had the forethought to prepare something even close to being as elaborate as what you did for his birthday. So yeah. already completely mismatched, mismatched expectations. So he wants you to do two birthdays for him? Right. <laughs> like, not, not only is he not happy with the one birthday, he wants her to plan two birthdays for him. <laughs> Was this guy like five? It's my birthday all week, though. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's my birthday week. Yeah. Ugh, I mean, I, I'm pro celebrating your entire birthday month, but I don't expect other people to <laughs> make sacrifices for me. It's just more of a thing I would do for myself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Treat yourself. Yeah. So it goes on. The next available day I had was the following Wednesday. So I told him I'd make him some dinner and we could have a nice time together. However, plans ended up changing. And over the next few days, we broke up. He wouldn't stop complaining about this birthday being shitty, how much I let him down, how I didn't make him feel important, even on his birthday. I finally realized that I would never be enough for him. No matter what I did, the gifts I gave, how much time I gave him, it would never be enough. I mean, I'm glad she realized that, honestly, because it's true. Um, um and it's, and it's, and and isn't that she's isn't enough for him he's not enough for her exactly well. yeah girl like you gave it 110 percent. you gave him an amazing thoughtful gift you know did all the things right plan a dinner sexy stuff the whole works right the fact that he's not satisfied with that means that there's something wrong and broken inside of him like that's not on you yeah um Okay, so there's so much more about him to roast, but I wanted to highlight this whiny tantrum he threw over his birthday weekend. After saying one thing the entire time, truth came to light afterwards, and he twisted the story to fit his own sob story narrative. How did I bail on him when I told him almost two weeks in advance about the lunch, when he said, which he said that he was okay with? Also, keep in mind, I only rescheduled this lunch in the first place because of his insecurities. 
I really wish I found FDS before I committed myself to this negative value mail and wasted a year of my life, but better late than never, right? I'm very pleased with all of my newfound free time. A weight has been lifted off my shoulders and it feels so good. Going to work on myself and level up. Thank you so much for all that you queens do. Your subreddit and podcasts have changed my life for the better. Oh, thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. We love the feedback we get from you guys. Yeah, I'm really glad. Every time I hear a story about a woman breaking up with her shitty boyfriend, I'm like, yes, we got him. We got another one. <laughs> An FDSer gets her her crown. Yeah, and a queen gets her crown. So. A queen gets her crown every time someone breaks up with a negative value male. Yeah, every time someone breaks up with a negative value male, I'm I'm proud of her. So yeah, yeah, it just sounds like this guy has a hole deep in his soul that will never be fulfilled with anything. He just sounds super entitled and whiny, like. Yeah. This sounds like the, the, I've had exes like that too, where, you know, I'll, I'll do something incredible for Valentine's day or for a birthday or Christmas or something like that. And whatever I do, it's never good enough. And I think it's just part of like the negging and just trying to make the woman feel beneath him or like she's not good enough a lot of the times yeah and constantly on the back foot and sometimes it's a manipulation tactic to try to just get her to work harder right yeah so yeah like ladies don't fall for that like he should be the one working hard to win you not the other way around like a whole birthday weekend wasn't enough for him he's like no i want to do over (laughs) yeah that's really weird it's like again you're not his mom i mean like if you're an adult people care about your birthday insofar as they also want to have a a mutual party with you like it becomes a little bit more about the group than i need and intense amount of attention on this day because after that it starts to feel like okay this person is just using us all to masturbate their ego with right i have a weird complex about birthdays just because of like childhood trauma so i generally don't like a lot of attention on my birthday uh, I find, like, birthdays, my birthday, like, when it's another person's birthday, I go all out. I want to make that, like, the best day possible for them if it's something, someone that I really care about and love. So I, I want ha- them to have a good time. I find, like, on my birthday, I almost don't like to celebrate on my actual birthday. I like to celebrate, like, the weekend before or after. The thing is, you have to remember, is most people are really excited to just get out of the house for any reason. So never feel bad trying to throw a party because people are always glad when somebody organizes it, right? Especially the older you get, where there's just less reasons to be bothered with people. So your birthday is not uh, an excuse to act like a narcissistic asshole, right? It is really a celebration for you and the people around you. It's kind of like the bride, whole bridezilla thing. Like, and actually even... I, I feel like a bride at least has an excuse that you're only going to do that one time. Your birthday's every year. So I kind of feel like you, after, you know, after, I don't know, being a child past like 25, I don't know, maybe even before that, but past 20, your birthdays are more like a group celebration and you should keep in mind your guests. Like that's part of, I think, growing up is transferring from being the person that everyone lavishes attention and like gifts on you. Like, you know, like it's Christmas to being like, you're the person that's going out of way to buy gifts. That's part of growing up. But some people don't seem to get that memo and they still think they should be treated like they're five on their birthday, which is like, no matter how big of an asshole they act or how entitled and annoying they are that everybody needs to pay attention to them. But yeah. That's not how it works. Like you need to transition from the childlike celebration to the adult version of that. So this guy just sounds like he's still in the everything on my birthday needs to be about me. And that is just really, really childish. Yeah. Childish. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. It just sounds like a little five-year-old like he sounds like a grown man with the personality of a five-year-old. Yeah. Get him a macaroni card with glitter then. 
That's an appropriate <laughs> gift for a, a five-year-old. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about how much of a red flag it was that he acted like he was okay with it at first and then, like, pulled the rug out from under her in the end. Because that's... Yeah. The, the fact that she felt anxiety about telling him and the fact that, like... You know, he's almost like lulling her into a false sense of security, right? And then like ripping the rug out from under her in the very end. That's actually a kind of abusive like tactic that I've had guys try that on me before. And it's like, it's very abusive. Yeah. It's like where they pretend, oh, I'm fine with this. This is great. That's fine. And you, you get to feel really secure. And then they just blindside you in the end. And then it kind of trains you to, to be like on your guard, to be paranoid to doubt yourself, to, you know, if things are going well, to want to walk on eggshells. To walk on eggshells. You know, even if things are going yeah. well, right? So, um, fuck that guy. He sounds like a piece of shit. I'm glad she broke up with him. Yeah, now he'll spend his birthday alone. So, yeah, win, win. Now he'll Woo! really be That's alone. A win. Yeah. That also, a win. <laughs> now he's got this watercolor painting of his two dogs that she bought for him, and he's probably going to think about her every single time he looks at that painting. And think about what he's lost. So hopefully he'll reflect and feel bad about himself for being a piece of shit but he probably won't he sounds like the kind of shitty narcissistic guy that will just go oh poor me my girlfriend had a bad birthday for me and then like broke up with me a few days later when i'm the victim like he probably isn't gonna learn from that let's be honest all right so that's our roast to scrote uh if you'd like to submit your very own roast to scrote or listen to our bonus content please check out our patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy and let's start the show What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Ro. And this is Savannah. And I'm Lilith. And today, we're going to talk about vetting for sexual compatibility. So this topic is requested a lot. And I think it has to do with the fact that so much of our culture has been pushing the idea that sex should happen fairly early on in the dating stage to quote unquote check for sexual compatibility. But a lot of women find that that's a pretty unsatisfactory strategy because often you're having sex with creeps or <laughs> uh, jerks or just men who uh, you shouldn't have bothered or wasted your pussy on <laughs> for whatever reason. Yeah. The whole, like I need to have sex with you in order to test our sexual compatibility is a fucking scam that low value men say when they know that they don't have any repeat customers so they can get in, get on, get out. It's just a way to trick you into like casual sex when you're a woman who normally doesn't want to do casual sex. Yeah. I really resent the idea that now the norm, so to, so to speak, is for you to have sex with a person after two to three dates, which seems way quick, especially if it's a person you just met. If it's a person you've known a while and it's two to three dates after you've gone on formal dates, it's a quite a bit different from meeting men online or meeting men casually and then expecting that sex happen within two to three weeks, maybe, or even depending on how quick your dates are in secession. Or not even that. Some guys will be like, I need to have sex with you in order to know whether I want to even take you on a date. Yeah. Like, yeah, they, they basically yeah. see women as like, you know, cars to test drive, right? They're like, how do I know whether I want to buy you or spend money on you until I've taken you up for a test drive? And it's way too soon. I would guess a lot of women, there are a lot of women like me in that I'm not that excited about a se sex with a man after two who or I three don't days. Know. Yeah, yeah, who I don't know. Yeah. So even yeah. if I'm very, very sexually attracted to him, um, 
two to three dates feels a little bit soon. Um, I will say that I've had sex after a third or fourth date and I almost always regretted it, even if it led to a relationship, because I think later I was like, you know, I wish I had dragged this out a little bit more and got a, a bit more of a feel for this person. Um, yeah. yeah. Only because I, only because I feel like it would, it's, it's hotter that way too. To me, it's just more sexually exciting to kind of keep that buildup going versus once you have sex, it's kind of all over. You can't have sex the first time again. Yeah, that that's true. Like, the I find, for, first of all, like, the first time I have sex with a guy is often, like, um, when the man is at his best. And there's actually studies showing that, like, with men, like, the idea of having a novel partner, like, they'll get the hardest boner or something like that when they have sex with a woman for the first time. And they're te- they tend to be better at it when they're emotionally invested in you. Like, they they are better at... <laughs> they're actually better at sex when they give a shit about you as a person. Like, they care about your pleasure. If the first time you have sex with them is before they've developed that emotional connection, they're not going to be as good. It could also be a premature expectation of an emotional connection. Because there's been times where it's only been three or four dates, but then you're talking and you're texting all night and you think you're building all this rapport. And then you have this buildup for the time that you see them. But then you realize, I think I just realized in hindsight that like text and phone time is really not that much of a substitute from face to face time. Yeah. The, the other thing is, even if it leads to a relationship, I find that those kinds of men it often results in like an unsatisfying relationship. Like I had two separate exes and I stopped doing this after the second time, you know, fool me once, shame on you, (laughs) fool me twice. Um, where I had sex with a guy after the second date and we went on to have a relationship and both of these exes later on straight up, like made fun of me and were like, haha, you had sex with me on the first or haha, you had sex with me on the second date. And like, that led to them kind of devaluing me in the relationship later on. So even in cases where you go on to have a relationship with them, often they just seem to see you as less valuable and and give less of a shit about you if you've had sex with them on the second date. Uh, so I just want to talk about the the three month rule, which is um, which is something that is discussed quite a bit on the subreddit. And the three month rule basically says that you should wait at least three months um, before becoming like sexually intimate with a man. I just want to stress that the three month rule is not about, in quotation marks, withholding like, sex from men because it's not something that he's entitled to. I really, really hate the terminology when people are like, oh, you're withholding sex from him as if it's a human right. Sex is not a human right. It's not. I mean, you can argue if it's a need or not, but he won't die if he doesn't have sex with you for the first few weeks. And, and it's, it's, it's something that I want to stress is that, is that your comfort matters too. If you don't feel ready to have sex, then you are not, you know, withholding anything from him. You are maintaining your boundaries. So yes. I just want to get that out of the way. Because, because yeah, I just really, really hate that terminology of, well, you're withholding sex from him because you don't owe him anything. I remember when I first found FDS, I thought the three-month rule was crazy. Like, that was the one thing (laughs) that I was like, these bitches are crazy. Like, when I first found FDS, I thought you guys were insane. (laughs) But but that's just because we, you know, I'm so used to this, like, sex-posy culture where, you know, and hookup, you know, casual sex culture where the idea of waiting three months to have sex sounds insane. Like, the idea of a long courtship 
it sounds so bizarre, but the more I thought about it, the more I realized that why it's necessary. And there's been studies uh, that have, that's, there's been studies I've seen posted on the subreddit where it shows that a lot of people who are narcissistic or who have other kinds of personality disorders or who have general nefarious intentions, it takes about three months for them to start to show cracks in the facade. Right. And that just comes from recognizing uh, consistency in their behavior that suddenly gets subverted. Suddenly they change their behavior um, or you just start to notice that some of the things that they're saying is obviously bullshit, right? Because if you don't know a person that well, you may not, you may take everything that they say at face value, but as you get to know them, you start to realize, I think this is not true, right? You just have that little niggling doubt present in your mind. I mean, like narcissists, sociopaths, and other liars, like people who lie pathologically, it takes about three months for them to forget the lies that they told you three months right. ago. <laughs> so then so then they'll start saying other things that are like, wait, but I thought you said blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, that's when you're able to, to find the cracks. Yeah. And, and also, I think, I mean, for me, I've never quite understood this emphasis on sexual activity. If the sex is bomb, but you're not compatible or he's low value, it doesn't matter anyway. And the danger of having sex with somebody too soon is that, say, the sex is really good because some low value men, um, it is possible that they're still very good in bed, but the relationship isn't great then does sexual compatibility really matter if you're not compatible in areas where it matters? So, for example, your values, your your personality, um, your life goals and stuff like that. Um, so that's, yeah. So I've never really understood the overemphasis on sex. And, and if he is, you know, if you are supposed to be together, you know, your sexual compatibility is something that um, that you can develop together. It doesn't have to be all fireworks from the get-go as well. Um, I think that's another point to emphasise. I mean, obviously, if he is a selfish lover from the beginning, it's unlikely to get better. But if you are in it for the long haul, there's going to be peaks and troughs in your sex life anyway. Yeah, and, and keep it real, hobosexuals and manipulators, they always bring the bomb A-game dick, right? First... <laughs> And then it's like yeah, downhill from there. Their life depends on it. For homosexuals, they're really looking for somebody to save them. Is this honestly true? Like when I worked in the homeless shelter, you know, I would get men saying that, um, oh, I'm going to find someone to hook up with tonight just so I don't have to sleep here. And they would go out and find women. <laughs> honestly, verbatim, they would admit that to their support workers. And that's why a lot of guys push for sex so soon is because they don't just want you. They want your apartment to sleep in. (laughs) (laughs) They want your beds. They want your food. Yeah. And then there's just the guys who are uh, very narcissistic. So they want to get you hooked early on. So they think, oh, I'm really, really going to pull out all the stops the first time. And then after that, just do like a severe drop off. So then you're left wondering like, oh, what happened? You know, why are you not being as attentive or intense about your sexual desire anymore? And I've also unfortunately uh, experienced that where a guy starts out and it could just be, and it's, it's an extension of love bombing, right? So they do everything at the beginning to make you feel loved, make you feel special, at the beginning, the sex is amazing. It's a one. And then maybe like a couple months in, like they're rolling over and going to sleep and you're like, what the fuck, man? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, how did this, how did you, how did your skill set drop off so quickly? <laughs> and I, I actually had a guy admit to me once that, uh, 
he was like, well, if I was straightforward with you, you wouldn't like me anymore or something like that. Almost like he had planned on doing this from the beginning because he thought that keeping like stringing me along and kind of being inconsistent would make me more attracted to him, which didn't. Yeah, I think you raised something, an interesting point, you know, where I think we also have to be careful that we're not telling them what it will take for us to sleep with them. Um, I know some women like to put their cards on the table and say, I'm not going to have sex till I get commitment or I'm not going to have sex until the 10th date or whatever. But that just literally gives them the tools on how they can manipulate you. Like I've had guys pretend to be a Christian, pretend to hate porn, all because they wanted to try and sleep with me. Yeah, I, I remember one time I made the mistake of telling a guy that I had a five-date rule, and he was like, no, I totally understand. And then yeah, after the fifth date, yeah. he ghosted me. So Yeah, they um, they will literally shapeshift to, to be anything you want if you tell them. Um, if you tell them beforehand, they will shapeshift into being whatever you want just to sleep with you, and then their true colors will come out afterwards. Yeah. The other thing about... The other thing about the three month rule is like there have been studies showing that, um, you know, for women, when you have sex, it releases oxytocin and oxytocin is the like bonding hormone. And so women tend to get attached to men after having sex. Um, whereas with men, there's almost like the opposite. There's like post nut clarity where, you know, if a guy, if you have sex with a guy and he's not in love with you, he will feel less attracted to you after you have sex with him it's very he almost becomes repulsed by you like some men have said they almost become like disgusted with like the porn they've watched or the person they've slept with yeah exactly but if you but but here's the thing if you wait like if you wait to have sex with a man for the first time until after he's in love with you then that post-nut clarity doesn't really apply like they'll they stay attracted to you because um that those emo- that emotional connection was already there. Um, so yeah, it's actually kind of sad that like our biology is like cursing us in this way where like, you know, if you have sex too soon and you're a woman, you'll feel more attraction to him and he'll feel less attraction to you. So th- it's just not beneficial to women to have sex too soon. The longer you wait, the better it off it is for you. I mean, can I just ask you why the ladies a question? Um, is post not clarity an actual thing? For men. I think it's a thing. I mean, I think it's actually a thing for women too, to be honest, because I've definitely thought I liked a guy and then realized, oh, I was just horny. Later. I don't know what that is, but I can say I've, ex- I've experienced it as a woman. I don't know, but I don't know if it's as intense or as frequent as maybe it is for men, but I do think it's a thing. I, th- I think for me, like I do know that I get, can I get attached after sex? Like, I just know that that's the way that I am. And I, I want to, um, I want to have a connection before sex. I want to feel safe and comfortable with him. And then after I have sex, that makes it more, that feeling more intense. Um, so I just know that my, my hormones and my biology are like tricking me into, this is all just like your biology is trying to trick you to make babies. Okay. You got to understand that like your, your hormones are set up to make you reproduce. They're not set up to make you happy. (laughs) Okay. Evolution doesn't give a shit about you being happy. Okay. The only thing evolution gives a shit about is making is, is passing on your genetics. Right. So, um, 
And that's why we have to adjust dating culture to be more realistic to what's true or at least consistent for the average woman. Because I remember reading an article um, and I think it was Caitlin Roper on Twitter who had retweeted this and she was writing and it was basically an article that had been written in one of the women's magazines like Elle or Laura, one of those magazines. And it was like how not to catch feelings after a hookup. And it was stuff like don't make eye contact or don't kiss. And I'm like, why are you having sex with this person if you can't make eye contact with them? And it was it was all about tricking your mind and your body not to release like oxytocin. That's so weird. So I was like, this seems like a lot of work for what for a nut that's probably not even going to be worth it at the end of the day. It's better to me to honor and work with your biology than to constantly and to change the culture to work with our biology better than to constantly be trying to fit ourselves and shape shift into this like aspirational ideal that we can all just hook up with no uh, no feeling about it. Also, right? why is hooking up without any feelings? Why is that even the goal? Because men do it, and lib fans love to think men are the standard, right? I mean, but the yeah. thing is, though, if, but even men I've spoken to who will literally sleep with anything, who are promiscuous, you know, even they will admit that sex is always better when it's so, you know, when it's with someone you actually care about. Yeah, I mean, so it even is. men don't really buy into this whole, you know, sex. I mean, I mean, they do to a certain degree, but they will always, but they will always prefer sex with somebody they have an emotional attachment to or who they care about it will always be better yeah you know what you know what i realized you know what i realized looking at some of the like i have this morbid fascination with like pickup artists and red pillar types and so just seeing the way that some of them talk about the women that they have sex with it's clear that even they don't enjoy it like they'll say like you're just putting your engorged member inside of her moist hole and it just sounds very like mechanical like they're just doing it because they feel like they have to or to, to just like take off a notch in their belt or some weird shit i don't know but you know it's it's very clear to me that even like promiscuous men don't seem to enjoy the casual sex that they're having Yeah, most of these guys who are promiscuous, a lot of times they have wives, which is so wild. I mean, even if you look like, even if you look at professional athletes, these guys fuck all the most beautiful women in the world. And most of them still want a wife. They still want a woman they feel emotionally and sexually connected to, right? Yeah. Like they don't have to get married. Tiger Woods didn't have to get married, but he did, right? Like he could have like had an entire harem full of women he just spun through forever. And well, maybe, maybe not now because he's like definitely well past the wall. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We've seen him lately. Like I, he's like balding and pot belly, but prime Tiger Woods (laughs) when he was like on the cover of GQ looking like very handsome, he's always been kind of a nerd, but, um, he could have had all those same women he was messing with, all the porn stars or whatever. He didn't have to be married. But I think a lot of times men, they they want that for sure. They just want to kind of have their cake and eat it too. Yeah, I think Megan Thee Stallion had a, a line like, um, guys who cheat on their wives are just greedy. Like they just, they want to have someone they can come home to and love and have intimacy with. But they also want to go out and get their... <laughs> you know get their side piece as well right so they're just yeah greedy. they want they want to have their cake and eat it too but for women it's a different game okay because the like casual sex is just like i don't know it's just not uh it's not fun it's high risk it's high risk extremely low reward yeah i remember one time i had sex with a guy on the second date and he um 
literally came in like two thrusts like he was such oh, a premature God. ejaculator oh, no. like the moment his dick <laughs> entered my body he came and i remember like and and i just remember him like being like the like that man, man orgasm sound kind of thing oh no and i was just like wait wait what like that's it <laughs> and uh, he he said something like oh yeah like this is a, a problem i'm so sorry blah 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 i straight up like laughed in his face i didn't even know <gasps> how to act i i just was in shock i just like <laughs> just could not i just burst out laughing and he fucking freaked out on me he was like you know uh, oh yeah like you're the least supportive partner i've ever had like every Whatever. woman before you has been sure so much nicer about mm-hmm. this than you blah 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 you're such a no, mean person <laughs> otherwise he wouldn't be single yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly so yeah he was like so butthurt this is called roe annotates uh all of these stories punctuating the lies yeah <laughs> <laughs> punctuating the lies. yeah so he's saying you know how i'm such a horrible person and i'm so unsupportive and like all the other women are supportive of it. And I'm like, what? Like, what? <laughs> anyways, he stormed out and like, you know, blocked me on everything. Never spoke to me again, but still that's like, I don't know why I brought that up. That was just like the most bizarre. That was actually, I think the last time I ever had casual sex. Like, so. <laughs> Cause that's rock bottom, isn't it? That's the day where you're just like, <laughs> that's like rock bottom. Yeah. It's time to reevaluate everything. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that my pussy is just that magical that he just couldn't help himself. He just like came second and entered my body. (laughs) I literally have like divine pussy energy, but, um, so I'm glad, you know, part of me is like, yeah, hell yeah. I got like maximum efficiency going on down there, but still I was just like, that was embarrassing. Anyways. Okay. So moving on from that, um, I want to talk about the lies that men tell to manipulate women into having sex sooner than they than they perhaps would like to. So the first one is, I think that um, we've already touched on this one, but it's, oh, he needs to know if you're sexually compatible before continuing the relationship. I mean, uh, we've already touched on it, but but men don't fall in love through sex. And that is that is something that <laughs> we need to internalize as women is that men generally don't fall head over heels in love with women because she's great in bed. It's a lie, complete lie. Yeah, this lie that you need to have like porn star sex with him in order for him to fall in love with you is a lie. If anything, like, if anything, like the more wild or kinky the sex is, the less respect he'll have for you, sadly. Exactly, exactly. And this is, and this, and this idea is so, it's, it's so prevalent in, in the BDSM community. You would get, because the thing is in the BDSM community, um, a lot of, um, the partnerships there, so the dom sub dynamics were between people who weren't in relationships. Um, so that was quite common actually, um, like for your dom to not be your boyfriend. What? And some miss, hmm? What? The, the dom to not be your boyfriend? That's weird. Yeah, it was quite common for um, for people to just be play partners, as they called it. And hmm. I would see some missives on the, on the subreddit all the time saying, oh, my dom said that um, he would try, he's happy to try BDSM with me, but not with his wife because he respects her too much. Wow. He's straight up saying, I don't respect you. <laughs> I'm outsourcing my depravity on someone I believe to be lower than me. Yeah, and, and I think even Army Hammer said that as well. Like, he said that he can never do BDSM with his wife because he just respects her too much. So it's the classic Madonna Hall complex. But yeah, um, it completely, um, like proves what, 
for example, um, you know, what's just been said in that being a porn star for men does not make them respect you at all. At all. It does the opposite. Makes them respect you less. I think authenticity is always the most important thing with women. Like, Yeah, and it, and it sort of puts you, it sort of puts women into a category in their minds of the women they can just use and abuse. Um, it's not fair at all because they're also partaking in that porn star sex, but it is what it is. I think the fantasy, again, that liberal feminists had was that this kind of sex, if we quote unquote normalize it, we normalize kink and we normalize a lot of these more abusive kinks that men would be more comfortable talking about them in relationships. And that only kind of sort of happened, right? Like it, it, they still continue to have the quote unquote virginal respectable wife and then outsource the more depraved sex to women they believe are lower than them on the social hierarchy. And, uh, even if they do bring that home to a significant other, it doesn't always really, and most of the time it doesn't stay in the bedroom, right? It becomes like a system, uh, a repeated way that they disrespect their partner, right? And that disrespect starts to bleed into other areas of their life. And that's something you also see on like BDSM subreddits, right? Where it's like, they don't know how to turn that dynamic off. So it's really, really interesting because I think there's the, again, the fairy tale, the goal, and then the real, the the real deal, which is that men who view women like this sexually often engage in this kind of extracurricular uh, activities with women outside of their marriage, outside of their primary partner, or if they do engage with them with it in it, or if they do engage in it with their primary partner, a lot of times they start to disrespect them if they didn't disrespect them up front. Yeah. Yeah. This lie that liberal feminists have been trying to spread that, um, oh, if we destigmatize like kinkiness and stuff, then men will be more open to talk about it in their relationships. It's not that they're more open and like willing to talk about it in their relationships. It's just now that that's become what they've, they've come to expect from women that they think that they're entitled to that now. So it wasn't a matter of like, openness communication free love blah 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 now it's just become the sexual standard that men think they have a right to degrade women yeah they don't understand that the madonna whore complex is just a male sexual strategy and that's going to be the same no matter how much they quite they try to quote unquote normalize something they'll just find some other reason to find a group of women in disrespect and that's just because that's a that's their sexual strategy right have one group of women you uh ensure your progeny with you know it's like if you've ever watched game of thrones right every single type of uh period piece or any type of political strategy type uh movie or tv show you see this over and over and over the king has a wife that he uses to secure his legacy and his progeny those are the kids he takes care of to bear him heirs bear him heirs and then a bunch of other women he has quote-unquote bastards with um that they use for sexual gratification has nothing to do with oh if we just like make this activity normal they're gonna stop wanting to do it right it's just a matter of them wanting to secure paternity with one group of women and then have another group of women they can just act out all their sexual fantasies on and never have to worry about paternity and that's that's not going to change normalizing depraved sexuality yeah like women just need to be honest like this is a male sexual strategy and we need to be realistic and arm ourselves it's sort of like counter it's like a sexual arms race kind of thing right yeah 
And another thing about the whole like sexual compatibility thing is that the sexual compatibility only works in the man's favour. Because if you look at things like the orgasm gap, it's already you know, quite big in, um, in a familiar relationship. So when you have an established relationship, I think a study in 2017 showed that, um, 83% of men orgasm during sex in, um, in stable relationships compared with 63% of women. But when they looked at... 63 seems high. (laughs) It should be lower. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, they said in relationships, I think, I think it's super low for first time sex or, or one night stands, right? It's like 7% for women in one-night stands. I mean, I've got the stat here from a 2012 study by the American Sociological Review, and it said that 40% of women climax during their last hookup compared with 80% of men. So even if the numbers aren't like 7%, that is a massive difference. Massive, massive difference. And that just shows you that men are not interested in getting you off, you know, when they've just met you. Yeah. I don't care about her pleasure unless she's my wife. Yeah. But orgasms are only for my wife girlfriend, or yeah. some shit like that. <laughs> so it's just a complete lie. This whole, we need to check if we're sexually compatible. And also, like I've said before, like if the guy is meant to stick around, you, you know, you can explore your sex life together. It doesn't have to be after the second or third day. You've got the rest of your life to, to navigate your sex life. So just, yeah, don't fall for that. Yeah, I've had guys pull that, like, but how are we going to know if we're sexually compatible thing? And it's like... He's been like, I'm studying you right now. All of this is sexual compatibility. Yeah, that's... (laughs) Yeah. And they're talking like... And they're talking like you've said that you will never have sex with them. You haven't said that. You've just said, or you've not said, but you're just choosing to, to wait until you feel more comfortable around them. Yeah. Yeah, the sexual compatibility thing is a lie. Like, you're, ladies, you're not a car to be test-driven. You're a human being, and you get to set the standards of when, and you get to set the standard of when you want to have sex, even if it's longer than what he wants. And it's not even just that. It's like, it's like why would you... I'm trying to think of an analogy of how how it is with men. It's like, you wouldn't want to jump into a swamp and you don't know what's in the water, right? Like you got to throw a stick in there and see if something jumps out to bite you. That's probably a bad analogy, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get the analogy. Yeah. When it comes to men, it's not necessarily like you kind of got to survey the perimeter, look for look for anything bubbling underneath the surface, dip your toe in, uh, check the temperature of the water. You know, there's all sorts of things you got to do to make sure something's safe to swim in, right? I think a better analogy would be like, say you're thinking of investing in a company um, and they're like, well, how, how do, how are we going to know if we're good business partners unless you invest immediately? And it's like, yeah, well, that's why I'm doing my research to your company to see if I think that you're something worth investing in because once I've thrown money at you, it's too late. (laughs) Right. You're not going to find out if you're compatible business partners. Like there's other ways of finding out if you're compatible business partners before throwing money at something. Yeah, you need to see your due diligence. Yeah. Um, I mean, so the second point is, and I've not actually heard of this before, but emotional support nudes. 
So I, I assume it's when a guy asks a woman for nudes to help his mood. Or like he'll he'll have a sob story about how he had such a hard day at work or he just got fired or his <laughs> grandma died or something like that. He'll he'll try to elicit your pity somehow and then be like Babe, can you send a nude? Because it just make me so much happier. It would make me cheer me up. <laughs> but how? <laughs> but how will nudes make it better? <laughs> it won't. First of all, he probably is lying about the whole sad shit that he's going through. He just knows. I'm so confused. No, it's because men know that women's emotions are very easily manipulated. And so that's the strategy that they use. They're like, oh, I'm just going to get her to feel bad for me. And then she's going to have a sense of obligation and do what I want kind of thing. It'd be like, I had a bad day, but you know what would cheer me up? She's going to send me naked. Uh, seeing a picture of you naked. <laughs> Upside down, smiley face emoji. Yeah. You know, something like very, very cheeky. And also it makes her feel like a monster if she says no, right? Like, oh, so you just want me to emotionally suffer then? Yeah, I've honestly never heard of that before. That is the wildest thing. I just, I just can't imagine if I'm feeling down, I just think, yeah, I really want to see like Chris Hemsworth naked. That will really cheer me up. I've just never thought that. Yeah, true. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, men are just like coomer chimps, okay? So like their brains are different than ours. Yeah, just an aside, like any, any man who asks you for nudes is low value by default. Um, yeah because yeah i can't even get into that because it could be an episode in itself but yeah any man who does that is just low value men act like getting nudes are like collecting pokemon okay like they brag about it with their friends and stuff like oh look and here's the thing they actually don't respect women who send them nudes no they're like haha look at all these pictures that i got from all these dumb gullible bitches like they, they don't respect you more for it they just think you're a sucker that's what's so frustrating about it is because, like, when you do what they want, they have less regard for they you. They have less respect for you, yeah. They're trying to, or they're trying to present an option to you that seems like it's bringing you closer together, but instead, it's just a way for them to manipulate you into doing something that's going to increase their own social clout. Yeah, that's that's a hundred percent it. Because for them, it's like, look how like much of a baller I am, or something. Like they they think. When they're talking to their male friends, it's something that makes them look cooler or smarter or better at manipulating or something. Like, they really do take pride in manipulating women and, and you know, yeah, just, like, look at all these gullible bitches I've managed to manipulate. They're proud of it. Yeah, so don't, don't like, sacrifice your social standing to increase a, another man's social standing. 100%. And, and you're not his personal porn star as well. I've seen, you know, men say like, oh, if I stop watching porn, then if you send me videos or, or pictures or whatever, like you're not a porn star. He's still watching porn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even if you're making nudes for him, he's still watching porn. It's just that now you're this porn star for him. It's like. And you're not his personal porn star. You don't have to sign up to that. So, um, yeah. Um, and then the final one is um if he says that his um that his particular love language is physical touch so this is this is a classic um yeah this is a classic one that i've seen like bandied around um because physical touch is often a euphemism for just sex even though there are many many ways to physically touch somebody that doesn't involve having sex with them there can be you know you, um you know for example you can you can cuddle you can give massages you can hold hands 
Um, but this particular one, it and also I don't. Funny how the guys who say my love language is physical touch will like recoil if you try to hold their hand in public. <laughs> But then if you turn around and say, like, oh, my particular love language is receiving gifts, they'll call you a gold digger. Right. <laughs> or or they'll say my love language is physical touch to get out of doing things in your quote-unquote love language, even though that book's kind of bullshit and is responsible for a lot of terrible relationship issues. But yes. um, meaning instead of saying my love language is a physical touch, meaning just saying I want a woman to touch me, they'll say my love language is physical touch, meaning this is how I express I express affection. And they'll mean that exclusively, that they're doing nothing else but trying to have sex with you and grab on your titties all day, right? Yeah. yeah. And they'll be like, see, my love language isn't gifts. And so that's why I can't get you a gift for your birthday, because it's just not my love language. Right, exactly. But physical touch is my love language. So that's why I'm going to paw at you. Grabbing a handful of pussy. <laughs> that's why I'm grabbing a handful of pussy right now. Yeah, that's, that's how I show my love is grabbing your pussy. Yeah, exactly. That's the reason why I don't really buy into the whole love language thing, because I fully believe that if... Because, for example, like I'm not a very affectionate person. Like I don't tell my family I love them. I don't give hugs very often, because that's just not really... I mean, I do I do love my family a lot, um, but it's just not something that I do. You're supposed to be like, Savannah, are you okay? Like, I just don't... <laughs> I remember when my sister dropped me off... Um, at the airport one time when I was going to New York and then I was fully about to walk on the plane and then she was like oh can I get a hug I was like oh yeah you can have a hug and then I just got on the plane <laughs> but anyway so but it's, but it's just it's not really my love language however if I was in a relationship with somebody who um who felt that that words of affirmation or physical touch was important to them I would make an effort to do that for them because it matters to them I wouldn't just be like, yeah, sorry, it's 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 not for me, but you can still give me my, um, <laughs> you can still do my acts of service and give me my gifts because that's my love language, you know? So it's not, <laughs> I just feel like it's just used to manipulate women and the physical touch one is just, is just, yeah, it's just a classic sign that a guy is just out for sex. Yeah. And I, I hate how low value scrotes have ruined this concept because I actually do love physical touch. Like I love to, you know, not just like sex, but like, you know, I love to hug people, not even like, uh, romantically, but just like, I love to like, you know, hug people in the flirting episode. One of my favorite ones is like just touching their arm or something like that. Um, you know, if I'm in a relationship, I, if say the guy's doing dishes or something, I'll just like come up behind him and like give him a, give him a hug. I'll just like, I call it being a koala just like hang off of him or whatever, you know, I, I just, I just love, you know, being physically close, being physically intimate and stuff. And I don't how like how guys have changed. It's like, they don't care about that type of intimacy unless they're getting no. their dick wet. And it's just kind of ruined that for me. It's like, they've ruined the concept of physical touch for me. So I'm upset about that, but you know, physical st touch. Here's the thing with love languages. Like all five of them are important in a healthy relationship. Yes, like, exactly. I don't like how guys will be like, oh, this is my love language. It's the way that they manipulate women into taking one-fifth of what should be bare minimum. Like, if you're in a he healthy relationship, you should be doing, you know, it was, it's quality time, gifts, uh, acts of service, physical touch, and what's the fourth one? I can't remember the fourth one, but you, you should be doing all five, or fifth one. Um, you should be doing all five with the person that you love. Self-flagellation? <laughs> no, it's... Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> Self-flagellation? No. It's, uh, was it physical touch? 
Um, acts of service, gifts. Blood sacrifice. Bro, what the fuck? <laughs> no. <laughs> I did not have you slip the back of a That's my love language. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, oh, words of affirmation. That's the other one. Uh, yeah. Words of yeah. affirmation, right? So, yeah, like you should be, you know, being physically intimate with your partner. You should be verbally affirming them, telling them how much you love them. You should be spending quality time together, buying each other gifts. Um, oh, I always forget like the fifth one, whatever it is. Um, yeah, these are all things you should be doing with your partner. It's not like you can just be like, oh, I only express, express the love through physical touch and all of those other four things. Like I'm not going to do them with you. Cause it's not my love language. Like fuck that. That's some low value shit. Our love language. Remember our love language is, uh, winning the polycule fight club death match. <laughs> <laughs> did we, if you win, did we say sexual Spartacus? Was it? Was that sexual Spartacus? Special Spartacus? <laughs> yeah. Gladiator. <laughs> 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 yeah that's my love language just two guys beating the beating the shit out of each other and then i fuck the winner and that's my kink you can't kink shame me for it because it's my kink <laughs> sexual spot yes i love the movie gladiator though for real that's hot anyways <laughs> okay so on to the final part of this episode so how can we you know vet for sexual ability like without having sex and i think there are a number of ways that that this can be done yeah first base second first of all you can tell a lot about whether a guy's a good lay just from how he kisses i think that's why kissing exists but i think the vetting can even you know start like before then so is he for example has he got good physical fitness for example or yeah is he is he well groomed is he well put together like those sorts of things initially before you start getting into the physical touch arena. Um, yeah, because if somebody isn't concerned about their appearance, chances are they're not going to be great in bed. Right. So, so I think you have to start with all of these sensory things about the man, right? Does he smell good? Yeah. Does he smell good? Oh my God. Let's talk about that. Let's pull over and talk about smell. <laughs> serious i have literally stopped dead in my tracks because a man that walked by me smelled really good yeah same same i don't know that men focus on that to the extent that they need to same because a way a man the way that a man smells is everything and that's why a lot of women if you're in a relationship they'll love to wear like their man's t-shirt or their sweatshirt because it smells like you're being wrapped in a warm hug and it's really really sexual in a lot of ways <laughs> but smell the first to me that's actually probably up there meaning if a man smells good to me, chances are we're clo- we're much closer in sexual attraction than even even sometimes in like actual physical yeah. attributes about the man. Smell is really really a sexual attraction trigger for me. 100%, 100%. Yeah, I I I think this is one of those things that goes both ways. Like I I love certain perfumes actually, and I think I highly recommend women, you know, if if you like if you're not allergic to scents, you got to find yourself a signature smell because I fi- <laughs> this is going to sound really narcissistic, but I find like I have I don't know if I want to say what my signature scent is because it's going to make me really clockable in real life, but you got to find yourself a signature scent and that's going to make guys addicted to you. Um, I find like the scent, something about smells humans, you know, 
it triggers a lot of memories and stuff, right? Like, remember my first ever boyfriend had this Versace cologne. And now sometimes, like, whenever I'm just walking down the street, if I smell that randomly, it'll, like, trigger a ton of memories, right? And humans just have really positive associations with, with smells. I've I've read that women's uh, olfactory glands or whatever, like, it's actually really sophisticated and perhaps designed to help us smell out genetic compatibility, mm-hmm. um, which is the case with a lot of animals, because when you look at other mammals, they usually smell each other's pee or smell each other's butts or whatever. <laughs> and so some of that might actually be us smelling someone who's like genetically compatible with us. Um, the bad news about that is that birth control apparently disrupts that significantly. So if you're taking birth control, they've done studies actually where a lot of women, if they are taking, if they meet a guy when they're on birth control and then they go off of it, sometimes that man like smells repulsive to them after that. Damn. Because birth control actually disrupts your ability to correctly process the sensory information that you're getting. So that's something to think about too, is like, if you, if you're on birth control and you meet a guy, uh, maybe, I don't know what the solution to that is, but like, be aware that it could affect your, your sense of sexual compatibility with him because you won't be able to smell him fully. That's, that's so interesting. I've heard that, um, women have a better sense of smell or a more sophisticated or olfactory system because, of uh, pregnancy. And so women, you know how women, when they get pregnant, certain smells will just be really, really repulsive. Apparently that like there's, it's been theorized that this is so that women can smell if there's spoiled food or something like that, because if you get sick when you're pregnant, you could lose the baby. Right. And so um, we need to be able to tell if the food that we're eating is going to be good for us or not. Mm. So yeah, that's interesting. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah. I like guys who smell nice. If he smells like gross BO. 100%. Yeah. (laughs) So that's one way with sexual compatibility. Does he smell good to you? This is why I could never understand people who would say, oh, my ex stank or he was smelly. I was like, if a guy, if anyone smells bad, that is just a non-starter for me. Absolutely, like, not go near you non-star. Yeah. I like things that smell good and I strongly dislike things that smell bad. That's just how we are. Yeah. <laughs> Call me crazy, but <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds obvious, but <laughs> you be okay. This is another aside, but I heard that one of the like incel, like red pill ways of negging women is by saying she smells bad, is by telling a woman that she smells bad. And so I remember reading this story on Reddit a while back where a woman was saying, like, I've been you know, it's two years now, I've been doing everything I can to get rid of BO. Oh, you know, I saw that one. Yeah. You know, I'm not talking showering about. three times a day, like doing all this crazy shit to try to smell good for her boyfriend who keeps telling her that she smells bad. And then by the end of it, she finally got him to admit that he learned this trick from his dad who, and apparently this is something his dad would do to her, his mom, where, you know, he straight up deliberately admitted, like, this is a way of making her feel like shit and insecure about herself so that she won't leave you. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, that's un- unrelated, but still, yeah, it's just, just talking about smells. Sight. Is he hot? Sight. <laughs> yeah, well, not even just is he hot, does he look well-groomed. Groomed, yeah. yeah. Is he well put together? Yeah, is he well-groomed? Like, are his nails trimmed? Like, I am highly offended by any man who would even suggest that he should touch my vagina and he does not have pristine, clean hands and fingernails. This is why I do hand inspection. 
I was like, show me your hands. I, I also get them to send me a video as well. Show me your hands. Like, I want to see your hands. People think it's weird, but it's like people do a lot with their hands. Like they, that's their main way of touching you. So if their hands are like crusty and dusty, it's not going to work. Like, it's just gross. Something sexy about a man's hands, if they're like, I like it when a guy's hands are, um, you know, calloused from a hard day of work, but also clean at the end of the day. Like I dated a guy who was a mechanic, so he had pretty dirty hands most of the time. He was, uh, he would eat with fucking engine oil on his hands. It was disgusting. But then at the end of the day, he (laughs) had this like mixture of laundry detergent and sawdust that he would like thoroughly clean his hands with. And he had a little brush that he'd clean under his nails and stuff. So by the end of the day, it was fine. Um, but yeah, when he was on his lunch break, he would just straight up eat his sandwich with fucking black on his hands. It was like, disgusting but anyways that's that's an, mm. an, an anecdote but yeah men's hands can be sexy <laughs> clean hands are a must so yeah give him a once over because how he takes care of himself says a lot about how he'll take care of you yeah right if he looks like he spends all his days like watching tv eating cheetos and then fapping with lotion yeah. that'll be reflected in his appearance and that's the effort of sex you're gonna get fapping with lotion oh is that why some guys have sm- such smooth hands yes definitely <laughs> Ew. baby soft and the rest of them is ashy and crusty yeah but their hands are baby soft he's a coomer <laughs> yeah wait so what's the other one what about hearing Ooh, i mean for me like i'm just gonna put this out that i am a sucker for a guy with a nice voice like true yeah same he could literally like read me the alphabet and i'll just be like ah, like drooling like he has to have a nice voice and i can't quite put my finger on what makes it a nice voice but it needs to be pleasant sounding that's what i'm gonna that's all I'll i like say. guys with accents I, I don't know i just like foreign men with foreign accents especially yeah. uh like italian or french or some kind of like sexy european mm. that's my kink so I'm going to posit an underrated uh, big dick energy reading strategy is a guy with a deep voice probably has large testicles, which means his penis is probably also big. Is that actually, is, is, is that a thing? Is that true? I thought so. I thought like your, cause your testicles produce testosterone right. and that makes your voice deeper. So <laughs> yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, the guys with the highest pitch, and this, I mean, this is my, let me, okay. This is Rose. <laughs> sexual a big dick energy test is generally like a guy with a deep voice probably has large testicles and he probably has the dick to match i'm learning so much on this episode i love it <laughs> yeah now, now that i'm thinking back i'm recalling like every guy i've ever slept with and like the ones with the higher pitched voices did have a smaller penis like oh. it's purely anecdotal but there is a correlation there so yeah i'm sure it's not 100 percent, but i will say that's been a winning strategy for me. Hmm. Noted. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, um, now, uh, if there's any guys listening to this, they're going to go into like, do like vocal training to try to do something <laughs> deeper. <laughs> they want to have a nice sexy baritone or something. Uh, does he have a gentle, but firm touch? I don't like guys that just like paw at you and are too aggressive, but I also don't like guys who are too like, I don't know, flimsy and like weak. Right. I like a firm, but gentle touch. And, um, you know, this is kind of, uh, 
uh, goes along with just the way that he moves in general. But, you know, how does it feel when you're touching him? Like if you're making out with him, is he open to it? Does he have this like weird aggressive energy? This is more of an energy type thing. But um, I think when you touch him, the way he responds to your touch can be can tell you a lot of information as well. Because some guys literally, when you kiss them, they literally become like a dog, like trying to lick your whole face and it's like, all oh, get off. Yeah, that's definitely... Yeah, and that brings us to taste. Uh, the guy's bad breath, next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Figure out if he brushes his tongue by playing some tonsil hockey, right? Yeah, I would want to find out, like, I'm trying to think what's a good way to find out if a guy has gross a gross tongue before kissing him because I don't want to kiss a guy with a gross tongue. Uh, ask him if he can touch the tip of his uh, chin with his tongue. <laughs> like, be like, can you touch your your tongue to your chin? Let, let him lay it out. See what his tongue looks like. If it's like white and crusty looking, like, ooh, no. I've never tried that, but I just came up with that on the spot. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that covers the senses. Um but I'd also think that his character traits can tell you a lot as well. So if he's a generous man outside the bedroom, he's more likely to be generous in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. I think women who say, for example, oh, my boyfriend's really selfish in bed, but he's a great partner, are being disingenuous because if you were a great partner, you would care about your partner's sexual pleasure. It doesn't really compute that he's only selfish in the bedroom. He's almost definitely selfish in other areas as well. Yeah, I think the bar is like so low for men that women think he's a great partner if he doesn't like beat her or like emotionally abuse her. True. Oh, he's a great partner because he doesn't like call me fat and ugly and he doesn't, you know, abuse me like other men or whatever. So if he's just doing the bare minimum, they think he's a great partner. And it's that's not enough to to actually be a good partner. Yeah. Yeah. So if he's a generous person and if he's also thoughtful and and caring towards you, then that also gives an indication as to whether he will be a good sexual partner as well, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Very true. Yeah, I mean, men who are generous in real life, um, yeah, they tend to be more generous lovers. I find, like, the worst men I've ever slept with were guys who were just very tight fisted and cheap. And we get a lot of flack for like liking it when a guy pays for dates and stuff. Um, but it's not just about the actual transfer of money. It's about seeing if he's a generous person and guys who are cheap tend to be cheap in other ways, like with their attention and with their love and with their, you know, sexual prowess. They're always looking for shortcuts. They're always looking for deals. They're always looking to never, they're always looking uh, out for self first. Yeah. And that's just going to be a lifelong battle with them. Yeah. They call it a sexual marketplace, but then they're the kind of guy to like haggle at the booth over like 20 cents or something like that. So (laughs) like that kind of guy has small dick energy. Small dick. I was just about to say that small dick energy to the max. (laughs) Yeah. Side note, I've actually gotten really good at clocking small dick energy. Like, you can just kind of tell. Like, um, the the first example that comes to mind is, like, so BBC did a documentary on, like, men's rights activists. And there's this guy, Reggie Yates, and he's the presenter. Oh, I love Reggie Yates. Yeah, I, I, I think that... I really liked Reggie in this documentary. I thought he was very thoughtful and very yeah, I love him. balanced. 
Um, but he do- did this one, he went and interviewed uh, Roosh V, who's like one of those like pickup artist types. And I'd never, I've, I've read Roosh's um, writing before. I'd never seen him like speak or in a video or heard his voice before. And within 10 seconds, I was like, this guy has a tiny dick because he, you can just tell in his <laughs> behavior in his body language he does this it's funny when you see the the conversation between him and reggie because reggie's almost like a foil to him in a way where reggie just seems very like comfortable in his masculinity he exudes like big dick energy and then you get to see roosh who's like the opposite of that who has he does this thing that like scrotes do where they kind of shrug their shoulders and like retract their head into their neck like a turtle it's a very like it's hard to describe, but if you see the the interview with him, you'll see what I mean. Where they, it's almost like they're kind of retreating into themselves, and yeah, that's like small dick energy. So you can kind of tell once you once you get a sense of it. Anyways, that was just my anecdote. Just want to get that roast in there. <laughs> I just really wanted to roast Roosh at some yeah. point because he's a piece of shit. Anyways. This needs to be reiterated, but if a man watches porn, run fast and far. He will be a shitty sexual partner. Yeah. Yeah. Almost across the board. Cause and, and it's really interesting because I mean I mean the Gail Dines episode goes into this in more detail. Definitely check that one out if you haven't already. But the number of men who think that that them watching porn has no impact on their sexual performance is just shocking it absolutely does and you don't even have to ask a man if he watches porn before you know if he uses um for example pornified language you know such as for example fucking or for example smashing women or just any sort of degrading language to refer to sex as something that is done to women bbc or yeah so if he use any porn terminology he watches porn um so you don't even have to ask him if he watches porn they give off so many tales and they just don't even realize that's how porn sick they are yeah coomer energy is a thing too we talk about big dick (laughs) we talk about big dick energy and we talk about small dick energy but coomer energy is a real thing yeah coomer energy yeah and then you know once you know how to or like once you know you know you're aware of the energy they give off you can't unsee it yeah, I think this is also why guys go for much younger women because they haven't like been alive long enough to know to be able to sense this, right? Women yeah. over like twenty one have had enough like experiences with men that we can clock this shit without even having to get naked with them. Um, but yeah, like w- once you know, you know, right? Yeah, because thirteen year old boys, fourteen year old boys, they all have coomer energy. Yeah, so that's the other thing too. It's like when you're young, pretty much all the boys in your class have coomer energy from like thirteen to maybe like twenty two. And some guys just never grow out of that. Like that, some of them never grow out of it. But like it's it's excusable if you're a kid and you're just now getting all your grown adult hormones and you don't quite yet know how to manage it but part of being an adult at least it should be for men is learning how to manage that it should be for everybody really but uh that's i mean that's why i think a lot of times younger women can't tell the difference because they don't know yeah you're not still supposed to be a coomer over really over like 16 to be honest with you 17 yeah i'll give them up up to 18 but yeah like yeah yeah and like the thing with guys who watch a lot of porn it's like they don't know how to talk to women and like be normal about it no no i mean you could literally ask them oh how was your day they'll be like oh nudes please 
And I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> nudes, please. Nudes, please. Not even that. It'll be like, oh, I had a really bad day. Can you send me some nudes to cheer me up? <laughs> Back to emotional support nudes. Oh, my God. Wasn't there like, there was a post on Reddit that was something that was, uh, it was an excerpt from a book about a guy who was literally dying and said that the only way he was going to survive is if he saw a boob. No, no, no. It was like this ancient <laughs> Jewish parable where um, a guy became obsessed with this woman and then he got really sick and he said, like, the only thing that's going to cure my illness is seeing this woman naked. Uh, or, no, he said, the only thing that's going to cure my illness is um, having sex with this woman. And then the elders in the community were like, no. And he's like, okay. Yeah, let him die. Yeah, th- by, it goes back and forth. And by the end, they're just like, well, then let him perish. <laughs> <laughs> This is ancient Jewish wisdom, which is the equivalent of die mad. Let him perish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, if a guy's like, I need this in order to like, if you don't have sex with me, I'm going to like literally die from like star sexual starvation. It's like, then let him perish. Wisdom. Just let him go to his ancestors. That's fine. Yeah. Um. So yeah. But yeah, that is just, yeah, that is a hard and fast rule. If he, if he watches porn, just run fast and far. I also find guys who guys who use the high pressure sales tactics and try to get you in his bet into bed as soon as possible also tend to be bad just because they know they don't have any repeat customers. So, you know, they know that it's desperation, isn't it? It's desperation. Yeah. And that's also that's also a porn tactic, right? Because that's what a lot of like gonzo porn is about. They try to high pressure sales some girl into doing sexual things. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 what's come out that's happened to a lot of the porn actresses where they think they're going there for one thing. And then a bunch of guys go there and pressure them into doing other types of sex acts. So that whole type of um, modus operandi where they approach you with that same kind of pressure or um, Coomer energy, that's all porn shit. That's all stuff they learn from porn and probably the manosphere. Yeah. Yeah, so high-pressure sales tactics, very unattractive. I want to rant a bit about, like, um, I feel like I know the word seduction and game has been, like, ruined by pickup artists, right? Like, but here's the thing, like, the game of seduction, when it's done well, can actually be very fun. Like, where, you know, the guy pursues the woman, um, you know, (laughs) the woman puts up a fight. And then, you know, there's back and forth and eventually you come together in the end kind of thing. Like that can be, that process is actually a lot of fun. But like they've turned the idea of seduction into this like really predatory, like high pressure thing, like where it no longer feels sexy anymore. It doesn't feel seductive. It just feels like I'm being... I feel like a caged rat. I mean, it feels like a cornered... Yeah, I feel like a cornered prey animal, animal, right? Yeah, so it's... That's not sexy. It's not like what men call seduction or the game of seduction nowadays. To women, it's not sexy. It's like, it's the opposite of seduction. It makes me feel trapped. It's rapey. That's, I mean, there's no way around that. It's just, it's like anybody that's trying to sell you a shitty product through high pressure sales and to, through intimidation and emotional manipulation... And an emotional manipulation is... It's not something you want. Rape adjacent. <laughs> they're, not, yeah. they're not selling a product that you want, yeah. But, and, and this could be solved if they listen to us and, like, really listen to us and not in the, we say one thing and they hear another thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So when, you know, when we're like, oh, we like when men uh, make the first move, they'll be like, these bitches like to get raped. And then that becomes, like, an entire 
Manosphere posts because they're extra stupid <laughs> and yeah. don't listen for context and just take whatever we say to extremes. Yeah, I mean, like, the man chases, the woman runs. It's like, uh, I don't know. There's a way of doing it in a way that's, like, fun and playful. Like, you see, like, dogs at the dog park. You know, one dog will be like, chase me, chase me. And, like, they have a, a good time, like, running around in circles. Like, one is chasing the other. And it's just, like, fun, right? It's not like the guy... It's it's not like the dog that's doing the chasing is going to, like, rip your fucking throat out. It's going to rip the, <laughs> the one who's being chased. It's not like they're going to, like, rip their throat out the moment they catch them, right? It's, like, it's fun, it's playful. It's not p- creepy or predatory, right? Like, it, you know... It doesn't have these days. I don't know. The game of seduction just doesn't have that playful energy to it anymore. It's because it's being taught by stupid men to even stupider men, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they don't know what they're doing. And it removes the woman's pleasure from the equation and just turns it into men just just pursuing, you know, what they want at the expense of women. So it's not. It's a very, very one side. They're trying. They're trying to score like in a video game or in yeah athletics, right? And that's the that's the entire problem with the way that men approach sex and all these game and dating strategies is because for men, anyways, is because so much of their world is based on competitive play between men that they try to uh, translate that over into seduction to women, not understanding that that's. Uh, it's not a competition, <laughs> right? And it's like the point isn't to win at the expense of the other person. Yeah, like I find it so tragic, actually, that, you know, in our culture, when a man and a woman have sex, something that should be a collaborative mutual act, when when a man and a woman have sex, the man wins and the woman loses, right? Yeah, and it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. Like it, it should be, and that's the purpose of the three month waiting period. It's like by the, if you get to that point where you like each other enough to spend three months with each other, by the time you do have sex, it's like both people are winning, right? I feel like when you have sex with a guy too soon, yeah, like it has this energy of like he's won, he's conquered you, he's defeated you, and then you're just like some defeated boss in a video game or something that he's he's overcome, and. I just find that tragic, honestly, because like ultimately both men and women, like, I mean, I don't know about men, but you know, women, we want to, we want to love men, (laughs) make it, they make it so fucking hard for us to love them, but we want (laughs) to love them and men, I don't know what's going on with them, but I think, I think men in their weird way, they want to love women too, but they just go about it in all the, all the wrong ways. So I actually think that's a good place to wrap up. Um, if you have any of your own tips on how to vet for sexual compatibility without having sex, please drop them in the comments. We would love to read them. Um, but that's a wrap for this episode. All right, that's our show. Please check out our Twitter at femdatstrat, as well as our website, thefemaledatingstrategy.com, as well as our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash thefemaledatingstrategy, where we have a lot of cool bonus content. Thanks for listening, queens, and for all you dirty scrotes out there. I can smell you from here. Bitch. (laughs) Die mad. See you next week. (laughs) 